Welcome to On the Nose. I had other plans for this episode. Um, I recorded it and things happened. And so I deleted it and I'm going to redo it with more updated information. Basically, I had been explaining my living situation and what was going on with it and why I thought that it was coming to an end. And then a few days after I recorded that episode, I got notification that my rent was going to be increased, which I had been expecting, but they wanted to increase it by $1,500 a month. So my rent would have gone from $1,000 to $2,500. And um, I, was, I was not expecting that. Like, tell me you want me out of the house without being an assertive direct person and just telling me you want me out of the house, you know? Like, let's nuke the friendship and be done with it. So um, I got that notice and I had already kind of been like feeling it. So I had started plotting. But as soon as I got that notice, and it's not even been two weeks yet, I put the plans, the plotting into work and I have been hustling. So I wanted to kind of just share, you know, um, what I've been learning and what I've been doing uh, because I think it's interesting. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, so maybe I can like give people information that they didn't have. So a little bit of background, I was renting from a friend. She said, hey, I have this house, it's my childhood home, I don't want strangers living in it, but I still want it to pay for itself. Uh, how about you move in and pay rent and I'll charge you less so then, you know, I'm helping you out at the same time and it's a mutually beneficial situation. And I was like, cool. And this situation didn't come to fruition for a couple of years after we discussed it. So um, there was a lot of time of like daydreaming and looking forward to it. And then when it finally happened, um, I moved in and the house had like a lot of really weird issues. Like she had had work done, but prioritized weird things. Like instead of getting the front door fixed, which wouldn't stay closed because there was no plate and the frame is rotted and the threshold in the door not aligned so rain comes in, she had drywall put into the attic for like it's not even like for a storage space or anything she just that was important to her so there's a lot of things wrong I fixed some of them myself like the bathroom I caulked it very thoroughly there were areas where the water was getting behind the tiles and I sealed that up um, I installed a plate on the door um, just stuff yeah but every little thing that came up that was wrong was like a source of drama for her where she would get really stressed out and, and stuff. And so when a more serious issue came up, which was a mold issue, it became like the friendship started to break down at that point. I kept being like, something's wrong. The house smells. I feel sick. And she would just be like, oh, old houses have smells. I react to houses when I go to them blah, 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 you know, like, just, she really didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to hear what I had to say. Um, and I know that because I texted with her every single day for over six years. And every place I lived in, she had to hear me basically going through and figuring out what smells were because 
my nose is crazy and I'm hypersensitive to everything. And like I lived at a place that had a, a leak behind the, the shower wall and I found it because of my crazy ass nose and I notified the landlord and they were like, oh my God, thank you for letting us know. So I knew that there was a problem. I had inspectors come out and look and they found water in the walls um, because the windows that are like so beaten up, there's like no paint on them. They haven't been caulked or anything. Um, so when it rained, the water was just draining into the wall and it's causing pretty serious issues. This is, this is a big deal. And I let her know um, because she hadn't been hearing me that I had gotten the inspection done and I knew that she wasn't going to be happy that I did it without talking to her, but I had tried talking to her and she hadn't heard me and she flipped out and said I ambushed her and basically she just didn't want to fix it. Like she was giving lip service to fixing it, but then also being like, let's not fix it until the weather's better, even though I have to live in it. Like my voice is all gravelly because I've had a sore throat for a year like this, this crackling shit. That's not fucking vocal fry because I'm trying to be manly. If I want to be manly, my voice is down here. But like, no, it's because my sinuses and my throat are trashed from breathing. It literally hurts to breathe in the house. And I had joint pain until I got the really expensive HEPA filters that I shouldn't have had to buy, except that I had to because mold. Um, and anyway, so down downhill it went because I did what was in my legal rights and she refused to pay for the inspection, which was $1,000 um, because she didn't think she was responsible for it. So she doesn't think she's responsible for her home, apparently. And I told her the laws and then she told me I was being angry at her, but I was just trying to inform her because I felt like she didn't know. I've been a landlord. I've been a homeowner. I did my research. I know the laws around this. And then I even like verified the laws to make sure they hadn't changed before I did any of the stuff that I did. So after that, the friendship just kind of, you know, and I think like if we weren't actively friends, if she wasn't getting the friendship that she wanted, then she didn't want to help me. And it became clear that she resented me because she would say mean stuff. Like she told me my art looks like something a kid would make. Um, which made me cry, by the way. And um, I mean, it's, even if it was true, I mean, she has super talented artistic kids. So, you know, like from her perspective, it could be true. She also knows that I just started making art a year ago and I have no idea what I'm doing. And like the last thing you do with anybody that's learning, be it a child or adult, is is tear them down, you know? But stuff like that made me like aware of the fact that something was wrong, but like, she never like talked to me about it. And I, in recent years have decided it's not my job to hold people's hands, to be like, hey, is everything okay? You know, like if, as, if I'm not misbehaving, I'm not gonna check in. Cause like, it's not my responsibility. My emotions are mine, your emotions are yours, you know? Plus I was doing all this stuff for her, like, I painted the porch. I put almost two weeks of my time into painting the porch so it will like survive for years longer and save her money so that she doesn't have to replace it until later. And she never thanked me, you know, like I was doing a lot of things to show her how much I appreciated her help. Um, so anyway, she raised the rent and I can't afford that. I couldn't afford that if 
I got a housemate. Like I cannot pay, I cannot charge that much rent for a room. You know, like the only way she's going to get that much is renting the entire house out. Or if you get like housemates in every single room, which would be crazy because the house is actually pretty small. So, yeah. But, um, so that was really stressful. And the answer to that, because I'm on disability and my income, you know, like I'm surviving on less than 20000 a year, um, it's not enough to be able to rent even low-income housing uh, where I live. And my family is here. My doctors are here. And I have medical conditions. It's very hard to find doctors that even believe the medical conditions exist. So, you know, I'm not super motivated to be moving away from what little support I have. Um, so the, the solution is to live in an, in an RV. And I think I mentioned that on the last episode that that was kind of where I was moving. And now it is a thing. I have, I have bought an RV <laughs> and I am going to transport it here and I'm going to live in it and I'm going to make it work. So the process of deciding on an RV was, well, the big one was finding an RV that had a washer in it or had space, had the hookups for a washer. That actually cuts out most RVs. Um, and when I say RVs, I'm using it as a general term. Um, what I actually got was a fifth wheel, not like a motorhome or whatever. But RV seems to be a term that sort of encompasses everything. But to, just to be specific, I got a, a fifth wheel. And um, the, the model is a Teton Lamari Experience. So that's the, the name of it. In case you're curious, you want to look it up. It's a 2004. And um, the layout it has like a bedroom in the back that's up a couple steps. There's a shower and a sink. And then there's a little potty room. And then then the couple steps down and that's where the kitchen is. And the kitchen is, has a better layout than the kitchen in the house I'm in right now. <laughs> like, and, and actually the kitchen I'm, that I've been using has a 20 inch stove. So that'll be totally normal to me. Um, so the kitchen is pretty nice and it has like a dining room table, which I don't have, I've never had a dining room table. Like that's just, I'd never been a priority to me. So um I'll probably use that for crafting. And then it has a little front room area that has two chairs and it's supposed to have a couch, um, but I'm gonna pull that out. Like it's a couch that folds into a bed, but I'm gonna pull it out and I'm going to put a cat tower and the cat box there. Um, so there's the two like chairs. I probably won't like them. My body hates everything. Like I have multiple chairs that I use depending on what I'm doing. When I'm gaming, I use the recliner chair. And then when I'm doing crafting, I have this other chair. Um, so I'll probably pull out the built-in chairs and put in my, my lazy boy chair. And then I'll have to get another uh, squishy chair um, because I'm gonna get rid of this one because of the mold. Because I'm supposed to throw away anything that's porous. So I'm gonna be getting rid of like a lot of stuff. I'm hoping my bed is okay because it's not in the same room. I am running the dehumidifier and I'm going to run an ozone machine. And like, I, I just, everything that I have for the most part, 
I bought when I moved in here because I didn't have stuff. And I do not want to buy a new mattress a year after buying another mattress because I would have to take her to court to get money. And the attorney I talked to said that like, my case isn't good because the mold inspection, they didn't go into the wall to find what kind of mold was in the wall. So I don't have that data. I know that there's a leak in the wall, but I don't have the proof of mold. I have proof of mold for the garage. Um, and maybe that would be enough, but it's probably not. And I'm not going to spend another however much money to get the kind of tests needed so that I can sue her to, you know, because it's, it's an unknown and I don't like gambling. I just, it just sounds really stressful to me. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get a different chair, but, uh, so it's, it's eight feet by 36 feet, and then it has slide outs that come out that make the section where in the front where it's eight feet um, become 12 feet. So like slide outs are, you know, give two feet more on each side space. Um, and then it's, it's basically just like built in storage uh, through most of it. So I feel like I'll probably have plenty of space for my stuff. The biggest issue will be like cat fur on everything because there aren't doors. Like I have this really nice like Ikea bookshelves and I got glass doors so that my books wouldn't get like fuzzy and I won't have that anymore. But the good thing is they don't all have doors. So I'll be able to see my stuff. I have like the ADHD makes it so like I forget I have things if I can't see it. So having see-through cabinet doors is really helpful. Um, and here's the thing that's really important about the particular RV that I got um, is it has solar. The seller, she puts solar on it because she's a full-time boondocker. Boondock means that you live in the RV and you do not hook up to conveniences. So, you don't, you know, you're just full-time in the RV. Um, Off-grid. So... Yeah, she put solar on it. And where I'm going to be parked, I am not going to have proper hookups. I will have access to like a single household circuit, which is not is not a great way to power an RV that has like a, a robust system. Um, so I will rely on the solar and I am going to get a composting toilet installed. Uh, so I will not need uh, to drain the black water tank at all. And then... Um, I will have water hookup. I'm going to need to get a water filter just because the water there is very hard. So um, I want to protect me and the RV. So one of the things I learned while researching RVs is that the culture around RVs is, is pretty classist. Um, people tend to think of RVs as like this lifestyle of freedom yeah, you you only get freedom in an RV if you have money, like money, okay? Because like uh, you have most parks, not all, but most, they have an age requirement. So your RV has to be 10 years or newer. You cannot have an old RV. It doesn't matter if it's like a gorgeous Airstream that's been fixed up. They won't let you in. It's too old. And that's all about aesthetics, right? So you have to be able to afford something that's newer, which means you have to be able to spend 
a lot of money because even the small ones are really expensive when they're newer. RV parks, on average, are between $35 and $60 a day to park there and use the hookups. That's, that's more than I was paying in rent. So you have to be able to afford to park. And yeah, the prices vary depending on where you're going, but I'm in California, so how much you want to bet it's actually more than $60 a day. And then uh, RV mechanics, especially in California, are like 280 an hour, and they're picky about what they work on. I actually was not able to find a mechanic in the area where the RV will be parked that was willing to work on it. I had a mechanic lecture me for 20 minutes or so about how I shouldn't get an RV, how I wasn't prepared to get an RV, how I didn't understand how expensive it was to have an RV, and um, everything that was wrong or could be wrong with the RV that I was looking at. Um, and he was on such a tear, I just let him go, and I didn't bother to tell him that I already knew what he was telling me. I just didn't read it with quite the negative spin that he was putting on it. But he was like, yeah, if you're going to get something, get it newer. Otherwise, you know, you're probably going to have to find somebody way out in Sacramento that will work on it and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, it was like, I actually, even though like I knew what he was doing, I knew that he was being a sexist prick. It still made me feel like shit, right? I had to go and look at my spreadsheets and like remind myself that I actually have done the research. And yeah, there's going to be things that I'm going to learn in the situation, but I have a good foundation and I'm not being unrealistic. You know, like the model that I decided on is um, really well known for its structural integrity. It's really well made. So even if the appliances or the, the, the window drapings fall apart, the frame itself is good, you know, and everything else is aesthetic and can be replaced, you know, and, that, and that's the other, the other area where RVs are expensive. Um, everything made for them is special, it's special. You can't just get a water heater. You got to get an RV water heater. You can't just get, you know, a TV mount. You have to get an RV TV mount. You can't just get an AC. You got to get an RV AC. So, um, and all of those things are way more expensive than they would be if they were for a house. And, you know, they do that because they can. They, it's just, it's, yeah. So, you know, but that is what it is. And um, this is what, this is what I can, this is what I can do. And I think that, you know, like I, I did the math. Um, so I have, I, I used to own a house. And I got sick right after I bought it. So I never really got to enjoy it because I started renting the rooms out. And um, I sold the house right before COVID got real bad. Um, so I missed it going up a little higher. But, you know, I was like going to not be able to pay my mortgage. So I sold when I did. But I, I bought my house for 172000 in 2012. And I sold it for five something. Um, and, you know, I had like taken out a loan for solar panels. I had uh, refinanced at one point. So, you know, I owed, 
I hadn't paid down a lot of, I still owed about what I had bought for it. And then the fees for selling it and the fees for, because they had to do a lot of work to fix it up to sell it, like did the floors and painted the exterior and things that I never had the money to do. I wanted to do, but never had the money. Um, so I had, you know, I had a chunk of money from the house and I, that's what's been paying my bills. But I invested a chunk of that because that's probably the only money I'm going to ever have um, because it's unlikely that I'm going to not be disabled and be able to go back to work as much as I would like to be able to do that. Because um, if I could work, I would have my own business and I would just do bookkeeping uh, remotely. And yeah, because I'm good at that. But I can't do that because whenever I do bookkeeping, my fatigue gets really bad for days at a time. It's a bummer. So I pulled money out, which made me sad because the market is down. So I lost money. And it's really scary because I was trying really hard to not have to use any more of my savings. Like I had burned through so much of my savings renting here because it was too much. And... I'm really grateful that I have that. I'm really grateful I bought my house when I did and that I worked as hard as I did to be able to do that. But like to lose that much of my safety net, you know, like, so I did the math and the money that I'm spending to do this, I have to live in that RV like five years full time to make it basically pay for itself at my current rate of rent, uh, maybe f like four, a little over four years. And the nice thing is once I'm in the RV, I will be able to pay my bills and I will not be using any of my savings. So I'll be okay as long as nothing changes. Like I'm going to be in this position where if anything changes, I'm fucked uh, because I can't afford to pay to be parked somewhere. But, you know, um, hopefully... Hopefully I get to have some security now, even if it means that I have to live in an RV to get it, you know, um, I can only imagine like how much energy I will have and I will regain by not worrying about my housing and my finances because I spent the last year hustling, building my Patreon, building out my shop. And I did that because I was trying to bring money in because my friend was helping me and I knew that she deserved more money than she was getting. And so what I wanted to do was get to the point that I was breaking even. I was still like $300 from that goal per month, but I was getting there. I was getting there. I was, you know, I was slowing the bleed. And then, um, and then I wanted to make even more money so I could start paying her more. But, um, I never cut the chance and I know because of the way she treated me that she thinks I'm the bad guy and I don't like that. I don't like how that feels. I can't change it and I can't control it. I am not going to talk to her and try to reason it out because reasonable people don't behave the way that she did. Um, but I know, I know in my gut that if she had talked to me and told me what was going on at whatever point it was that she realized that she wasn't comfortable with the situation, 
I would have listened and I would have tried to help, even if it meant moving out. I, you know, that that's my nature because when I care about people, I want to do whatever is right for them. And, you know, I try to find a balance for both of us and living in a house where somebody doesn't want you or where it's hurting them. I don't want to do that. I would not, you know, like if, if, if she was being negatively impacted financially and she didn't tell me, you know, that, that makes me feel awful. Like the idea of that. Um, but you know, I can't control that. So, and she missed out. She has lost a friend and she missed out on the opportunity to bond and build a stronger friendship by communicating with me and allowing me to treat her with respect. Basically, she did not give me the opportunity or the trust to love her. So I just wanted to mention that Amos isn't here. I relocated uh, and I'm staying with a friend. So I'm in a safe place without mold and Amos is there. We just moved there yesterday, um, which will be a week from when you hear this. So yeah, because this will post next week uh, on Friday. It's, it's Friday now. It's Friday. Anyway, and Amos isn't here. And it, it's, I swear I keep hearing him. It's so, it's so weird. So I wanted to talk about the composting toilet. I'm really excited about that. And I know that that's really weird. A lot of people are going to be like, ew, gross. But um, I think it's awesome. I've always wanted to live off the grid. And I've always wanted to have a gray water system and not create sewage. Because sewage is gross. It's it's toxic and bad. Like the way that we deal with sewage, it doesn't, it does so much bad stuff to the planet and like composting doesn't, it just doesn't do it in the same way. It's just, it's just, it's just bitter. Okay. Um, so the composting toilet that I got is called like the nature's head, I think is what it's called, um, which is a little bit braggity um, of a name. There was another one that I wanted to get, but it required a vent that goes like 30 inches above the roof. And I felt like that might be kind of like sketch while driving a 12 foot tall trailer to add like 30 inches to the top. So um, even though I'm not planning on moving it, it will need to be relocated. And um, so I decided to go with this other one. And the differences between the two, the one that I really liked, but has the vent, the crazy ass vent, um, it's a self-contained system which means that it doesn't drain anywhere. And it used evaporation to deal with the pee. So both of these have like a chamber and it separates the liquid from, from the solids. And that's, that's a big part of how you control smells is keeping the liquid away from the solids. And then um, the fancy one, it would evaporate the urine. And then uh, all you need to do is like for a single person, probably every four months, you take out the composted poop and you can either throw it in the trash or you can add it to a compost pile. Or in, in my case, I would give it to my worms. Um, the compost toilet that I'm getting has the same idea about the same amount of um, poop collecting. So it'll be like, I think 90 days is what I read if you poop every day. Um, and I do poop every day. Thank you very much. And then the pee goes into like a bottle and then you just, you just pour it out somewhere. And I've been kind of like undecided about 
how to deal with the pee. I'm just going to pour it out. Now I, I have decided, but I was kind of confused because like you can't put pee in a gray water system unless the dilution is like one to five, uh, one pee, five water. And, um, but there, there's still some debate as to whether or not that's actually gray water, but that's like the ratio that they say at that point it becomes gray water. But I read that even like if it's heavily diluted, it can cause the the gray water container to start to smell. Um, and I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to deal with that. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to like pipe the pee into the gray water. Um, so yeah, that and that's so the composting toilet, I'll pour the pee out and then the poop will go to my worms who will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything I've read, I read multiple articles, a whole bunch of reviews from people, both on Amazon and other places. The, you, you mix it with like peat or whatever, and it has like a, a churning thing. So you literally go poop and then you go churn and then it composts and um, it doesn't smell like poop. It smells like dirt. And the toilet itself has a ventilation system on it. So the vent, instead of going to the roof, goes like behind the toilet. And you just pop a hole in the wall, um, seal it up and all that. And then there's a fan running all the time. It has like a 12 volt hookup. And that's supposed to like take care of the smell. Like if there is a smell, it means there's something wrong with the system. Um, so that's pretty cool. They don't like have to, you know, the only bad thing, and I'm actually like really sad about it, is no bidet because you can't add water to the system. Uh, it breaks the composting system like it just doesn't work. So, well, it breaks it by adding too much moisture and then it smells and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to settle for rinsing in the shower or something. But um yeah, composting toilets are cool. Like, I'm literally not going to be making hazardous waste. And then I have a gray water tank. It's 90 gallons. And I'm going to get a water barrel. And I'm, what I'm going to do is hook up a filter to the water barrel and then hook up the gray water um, like once a month uh, to the barrel. And then filter out the food stuff from my sink Um because that's, that's where the gray water can be a problem, where it's actually black water is if you have food in it. Um, and so in some places, you cannot use kitchen sink water in your gray water system. Um, but the workaround is to filter it. So I'll just get a filter. I can get like a $30 sand filter, and I just need to rinse it out every time. Um, that will catch all the solids and then it filters into the barrel and then I'm going to use that to water my plants. And since I won't have a way to protect my cat from the plants um, by doors or whatever, I'm just going to get like a little cheap greenhouse, like those ones that use PVC pipe for the frame and then you just wrap it with plastic um, because the area where I'm living has rude deers like they just they they eat stuff they shouldn't eat they just eat everything um and i have really really nice orchids like native to california orchids and i have irises and you know so i can leave my succulents out but not the other stuff so all my house plants are going to go in there as well and i'll just use the gray water system to water them and i am like so so excited about that like 
Like I'm really stressed out that I'm going to, that I'm being unhoused basically. Like I'm stressed that I'm not going to get to live in a house, that I'm going to have to make all these accommodations that I'm giving up workspace and creature comforts. You know, I don't know what it's going to be like trying to control the environment. I have like, I've mentioned that I keep tight control over the air quality, but like the power in an RV will not be able to handle like a good dehumidifier. So I'm going to have to find a workaround for that. Probably won't be able to run the AC much, but I'll get a swamp cooler. And it's just, yeah, it like the propane. So one of the things that really stressed me out and I actually had a meltdown and I had to go to sleep and like just ignore it for a day was the propane situation. So my plan was to get a external propane tank uh, that, you know, they come out and refill every six months. And I can't do that because of permitting issues. Um, so the RV has two 70 pound propane tanks on the back. I cannot lift those. Like that's, I have lifting restrictions and I think physically I might be able to lift them. Um, but it would be like a really bad, bad idea. Uh, so I'm going to need help to do that. Like I'm going to have to rely on my son and he will do it, but he's not happy about it. He was like, oh, that's cringe. You know, and, and, and I feel bad about that. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll build a routine and it should only be like once a month that one of the tanks will be replaced or not replaced, but refilled. So there's like these things that I'm like stressed about and I'm worried my cat gets bored really easily and I'm worried that he's going to be stressed and you know, there's just things, but I'm also really excited about being off grid and having the gray water system and being in the country and away from people and away from the boom, boom cars and just feel like I could breathe and not having the mold and not having the stress, you know, like it's going to take me a while to trust that it's okay that I'm there because my trauma and my experience of people being in my life and helping me is that they're going to hate me for helping me. And I was just starting to relax into trusting people, like trusting that when people sign up for my Patre my Patreon, that they do it because they want to and that they're not disappointed in what I'm giving them and that they don't resent me you know, they don't find me annoying or, or whatever. And then like this whole shit happened with the house and my friend helping me and now she resents me and it's like, brings up all that trauma again. And so like, I'm going to get the RV and I'm going to go park in the spot because I've been told that I can do that. And then I'm going to be scared for a while. And that's hard. You know, I can't, I can't undo that. But you know, I've, I've received, I've already received some reassurances, um, and that helps and I'll just seek them out when I need them because that's kind of the trick. If you're feeling insecure, seek out reassurance. It feels weird, but it helps. So the other thing that I'm doing, that's like a huge investment, but I did a bunch of reading on RV roofs and they're basically a pain in the ass. And if you get water in your RV, it's toast. Like you can do like repairs and stuff, but it's a lot of money. And you know, the damage is a lot really fast. So you need to, to check the roof every six months, check the caulking, re-caulk things, 
um, and make sure like you occasionally add like a layer of like the sealant stuff on the surface to protect the like rubber membrane. And then like I had the slide out. So the same, same idea for the slide outs. So what I decided to do, and um, I planned this into the cost of getting the RV. So I haggled the RV cost down to a certain amount. Um, and I was like, if I can get it down to this amount, then I'll get the roof. And, and I succeeded. Um, so I'm going to be upgrading the roof with this Kevlar reinforced roofing system. It sounds pretty badass because Kevlar, but um, it basically has a like a lifetime warranty. You don't have to go up and do any caulking. They pull everything off. They basically cut the rubber membrane, membrane off and then spray it with this stuff. Um, and then they reinstall brand new vents and skylights. Um, and in my case, they're going to reinstall the solar panels. And um, I have an option to do a railing install which is a little different but could like give me some freedom and they do like new connectors and and so i'm gonna get like a little bit of an upgrade uh for the roof at the same time and no more maintenance no more worrying about that um they do not do the slide outs so i will still have to do that but that's literally like two by four feet on each side plus uh, a smaller one on the other side and it's a decent chunk of money, but I talked to somebody who said that if you have to replace the the rubber membrane roof that comes with it, that it's like twice as much. So I'm like, all right. And then I don't have to think about it. I don't need to have anybody climb up there. I don't need to climb up there. But <laughs> okay, yeah, I twist my arm. You know, like, um, I don't know why they don't come with this by default because it makes so much sense. So that's like a whole thing. Um, I've been talking to the owner of the shop that does it in Arizona and basically like, um, so I mentioned that I was having issues finding a mechanic. So the mechanic that did the inspection in Arizona is actually going to be uh, doing the work for me um, next week. He's gonna install the toilet and uh, repair a couple of the other things that came up in the inspection um, because I literally could not find anyone here to do it. And because he's in Arizona in the middle of nowhere, he doesn't charge as much as the mechanics here. Even with his travel fee, it's still like a lot less, <laughs> which is crazy. And he charges a travel fee because uh, the RV seller lives eight miles outside of a very small town. So it's it's a bit of a drive um so yeah i'm getting the work done next week and then i'm going to have to transport it to the place in uh to the roofing place that's in arizona as well in prescott and they were kind of, they're really cool about it they're like you can bring it at any time and if it gets there early enough they can do what's called a soft a soft hold where they just work on it throughout the month and then it's done at the end of the month. Or I can do like a hard appointment, <laughs> I said hard, and um, then they get it done in three days. And well, it's, it's no hurry. I know it feels like it should be a hurry, but it's not because my son is putting down a concrete block for the RV to be parked on. And um, that needs 30 days to cure and it's not down yet. so. You know, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to get it to you and, 
you get it done by the end of July. That's fine. Because my hope is that um, whoever's transporting it, because I'm going to hire a service to do that, um, can park it for us so that we don't have to deal with that. The um, transportation fee, I, I got like, there's this website that constantly updates with um, transports for RVs. It's, it's weird. Like it's such a demand thing that you can literally just watch this website constantly updating and it'll be like, you know, transport of a fifth wheel from Nevada, you know, to Wyoming, uh, $870. And, you know, like, so there's this data and it, it's just collecting there. I don't know. It's, it's weird, but it's kind of cool. Um, so I've been watching that and I think like, it'll cost me about a thousand dollars and you know, you go, Oh my God, a thousand dollars. But how much would it cost me to rent a truck and drive it down there and then drive it back? You know, like the drive would take, you know, uh, two or three days each way. Um, plus I got to pay for gas for 1600 miles in a big ass truck. Um, yeah, it would cost at least that if not more. And I get to like hand it off to somebody else. They're covered under insurance and I don't even have to deal with it. So it seems like a win to me. And at this point in my life, at this point in my life with an RV future ahead of me, I'm not planning on getting a truck. I'm not planning on driving around. If I ever do do that, I'm not going to do it with the Teton. I'm going to, I'm going to get like something small and not scary because 36 feet by eight feet driving that around and it's 17,000 pounds. No way. I don't want to do that. I could do it. I am a very good driver. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> just don't. And if that makes me some kind of poser, well then I just flexed my arm because I'm posing. This one is running long. Surprise, surprise, info dump at length. Anyway, so my plans when I get the RV is I got to put it on stands. That's really stressing me out. I've watched a bunch of videos. It looks really straightforward. It's still stressing me out. But putting on stands is good for um, the rocking so you don't get as much of the movements. It also helps take some of the pressure off the tires. Um, I need to cover the tires, put, you know, like um, sleeves over them to protect them from UV. And I want to put a skirt on it, not for style, for function. Uh, it helps with insulation. It kind of keeps the underside warmer or cooler and keeps bigger pests out. And I don't know if I'm going to pay somebody to do that or if I'm going to do it myself. I need... I have been looking, but there's so many options that it's harder to like pinpoint, you know, like it was a lot easier to decide on which RV I wanted because I looked at like, you know, reviews of JD powers and stuff like that. And, and within the ones that can have washers, you know, this was a pretty solid one. Plus it was one that I could actually find for sale and it has solar and that's not common, uh, at least not with the older ones. I kind of forgot what I was saying. Oh, my plans. So I get the RV. I'm going to clean it. It's been in the desert. 
the the seller actually would use it like six months of the year in Arizona, six months of the year up in Canada. But like in the pictures, you can see it's got that like red dust. So I want to um, clean it really, really, really well. And then depending on how the walls on the inside look, I want to paint them, which means that I need to caulk the walls first because they use a silicone caulk, which you can't paint over. It does a really ugly, ugly, bubbly thing. Um, so I'll need to caulk over with uh, like a latex paintable. And then, um, then the exterior. Oh, and the interior. I also want to pull like, they have like these weird pads next to the windows that I think are for aesthetics. And they, it just makes me think of like, 80s motel six or something so i'm gonna pull all that out and if they're like if there's like hardware in the walls then i'll just like i don't know what i'll do i'll either remove them and patch it or just patch over it or something um and then the exterior i want to go around all the caulking and depending on how it looks i might remove the caulking and then recaulk if it if it doesn't look too bad, I might just do a recaulking with the idea that sometime next year I'll I'll scrape and start fresh, um, and then check the window frames. Uh, basically, the way that they're sealed, most of them are sealed, not all, but most is they have like this this frame, and they put like this rubber gasket in, and then you pop it in the window, and then you use screws to tighten it, and that creates the seal. So I want to like go through all the windows and tighten or check the screws to make sure that they're tightened. Um, and if the top of the window is caulked, check that caulking, but not, not all manufacturers do that. She did have a bunch of the windows replaced. Um, so, you know, those should be in pretty good repair. This entire thing started like two weeks ago. Before two weeks ago, I didn't know anything about RVs. I didn't know about the classism or the roofs or composting toilets. I knew composting toilets existed. I didn't know that much about how they worked. I didn't know that much about like the different ones on the market. Um, and they're really expensive. Like the really fancy one that I wanted is like $1,900. Like what? Um, <laughs> the one I caught is like $900 and I was like oh you hurt my feelings but I can go get a regular toilet for so much less but anyway it it, it ha they have robust warranties which is cool like a five-year warranty which says a lot about their their belief in their own craftsmanship um I love places that do like long ass warranties because I'm like, yeah, I'm getting something good. My standing desk, my, my adjustable standing desk, which was an investment after I sold my house, um, has a 10 year warranty for like everything. And I was like, Oh, I like you. We're going to be friends. I'm going to buy stuff from you. Yes. And I'm fanning myself now. I have like, I, I, I have a kind of a weird thing with warranties. I, I have like this warranty on my, on my washing machine that lasts until like forever. Um, cause the, they come with like a three year warranty 
and that includes like full maintenance. And then like I got an additional five-year warranty and they'll come out and maintenance it. If you want them to, they'll come out and it's just covered. Like if anything breaks, a pump breaks or whatever, it's just covered. And I was like, okay, I'm getting this all-in-one washing machine. They're prone to having issues and they're more expensive than like a regular washing machine. This is like a major investment. Oh, and for $199, I'm going to get like full coverage for like eight years, basically. So if it breaks and they can't fix it, I'll get a new one. And I literally like they came out twice in the first six months to replace the pump because the pump kept going and it's been fine ever since then but that's like the the cost to get that repaired is the cost of buying a new one so i was like yeah okay (laughs) not a problem i mean some warranties are not worth it you know but some of them definitely are And, and when a company already provides it it's like yes so if i if i haven't made it clear i'm a big fan of really good warranties And it does absolutely impact my bias and my trust towards a company if they offer a good warranty. These like fucking 90 day warranties and we'll cover it for like a year. You know that shit's going to break it like a year and two weeks, you know. But if they're like, we're going to cover it for three years, we're going to cover it for five years. Then I feel like I'm getting something that's supposed to last. I feel like they believe they believe in what they made and they know that the parts that they got are good. So, Hey, I don't want to do videos on my podcast, but every now and again, I'll be like, uh, gesturing. My brain was saying gesticulating and I was like, no. Um, <laughs> and I wish I could capture that, you know, cause I was like doing the, like the arm thing and the up and down and it's and then the shoulders are up really high, like close to my ears, kind of, you know. Can you see it? Oh, by the way, <laughs> I, so I mentioned in the last episode uh, the ADHD Adderall shortage. And um, I have had some stash and I only take them when I really, really need them. Um, and I took one today so that I could do a whole bunch of stuff all in one day because it doesn't just like help with the ADHD, it helps with my fatigue. And um, so I feel, I feel like in sync with myself, like, you know, and that makes me feel really excited because I haven't felt that way in so long. And that's part of why this episode is so long, because I'm just feeling it. Anyway, back to the RV stuff. Um, The plan for me in the next few weeks is I'm packing up my house. One of my friends very generously, amazingly, oh my fucking God, offered to hire movers. Like, there are no words. I have told her thank you and it's not enough for me. I know it's enough for her, but it's not. It's There are no words to convey. Just, Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm going to be packing stuff up and getting things ready. And I already have a couple other episodes stashed. So this is probably the last one I'm going to record until after the move is done. But I will be updating. I plan to make videos on TikTok on my Lee Doing Stuff account. 
Uh, it's on my website, leeigh.com, L-E-I-G-H-E.com. Um, and I'm just going to do like some updates as I'm doing stuff with the RV there. I am hoping to do videos for YouTube as well, like vloggy. Here's what I'm doing and working on today. And here's some footage of me working on the thing today. But I don't know if I will because like... I won't have my ADHD meds and it's really hard for me. Like it, it adds like a lot more work, but I want to, I want to, I want to share the process of what I'm learning and what I'm doing and, and all of that. Um, and I feel like video is a good, a good format for that. So definitely like keep an eye on my YouTube, Ugh, excuse me. Uh, I got like an involuntary swallow in the middle of that word. <laughs> Um, keep an eye out on my YouTube and on my TikTok. And I think they're both called Lee doing stuff, doing stuff. My Twitter is Lee doing stuff because they have a character limit on names. Um, but everything else is Lee doing stuff, which kind of sounds inappropriate depending on your mood. But it's also um, not inappropriately accurate that I am always doing things, just not in that way. I ruined it. I ruined it. <gasps> so, yeah, keep an eye out. Updates, stuff. You also can sign up for my newsletter uh, where I do updates and I will, I will post links. So, like, if you don't want to do the work to go find the stuff and you just want the link sent to you once a month... My newsletter is a really good place for that. Um, and I have a Patreon and a Buy Me a Coffee and an Etsy shop. So these are all ways that if you're like, gosh, I want to help like support this person while they're doing this stuff. And I really like what they create. And and and, and yeah, and you want to show me in, in that way. Do it. Do it now. Also, um... You could just send me a message and be like, hey, hey, yo, I like I like what you're doing because I love that. I love encouragement. Encouragement is like the best thing. If I was going to have a kink, it would be an encouragement kink, not a praise kink, an encouragement kink, because like I love that shit. I had no idea I liked it until I found out I liked it. And now I'm just like, yeah, give it. So you're like, hey, I really enjoy your podcast. I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to make another one. Thank you. Um he, this is 54 minutes and 30 seconds. All right, I'm going to go clown now. I hope that if you made it this far that you enjoyed listening to me just rattle off all the shit in my head. Thank you for listening and talk at you next time.